0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now
1: with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630
0: Chad.
2: And on the breakaway, McDavid's guy!
0: Honestly, it's just impressive. I don't think my English is good enough to find it, another word for it right now. And the century mark has been achieved in Game fifty. It solidifies he's one of the top players to ever play the game. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers.
2: McDavid, 500 points.
0: This is Darnell. They're
2: trading heavy leather here.
0: Leon Draisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers.
2: Leon Draisaitl, one-timer from an impossible angle. Fun years are still ahead here in Edmonton. This is Mike Smith. Zach Cassian. This is Ryan Nugent-Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers.
0: Yes, the pull your army back bar and in. Dave made by Smith, and this is Oilers now with Bob Stoffer.
2: Brought to you by Digitex Office Supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot ca. Now Bob
0: Stoffer on the official station of your Edmonton Oilers. Six thirty check.
1: Dan Vickery from the Counting Crows, lead guitarist, born. Big band in the 90s, a little more radio rockish than we might typically open up with on Oilers Now, which is brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place, to buy office IT and supplies, Brendan Escott in again today. Pleased to be joined once again by the voice of the Oilers here on 6:30 chat, along with Jack Michaels. It is Cam Moon back in studio. Mooner, great to have you back. How are you doing? Doing very well.
2: Great to be here. Excellent. Little counting crows. Nice touch.
1: Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, You're just getting back from BC. Hey, the weather did you well? Okay. It was uh,
2: okay. okay. Yeah. It uh, it's it rained enough that the the smoke went away. Perfect. That's good. And they got rain, which is important.
1: (laughs) Yes. There there was a lot of smoke when I was in BC uh, towards the end of July. Not uh, not a good scene. Certainly a better scene there. Uh, And finally, some hockey news to talk about. So I'm glad you're in studio with me here. A couple of big contracts signed this morning. We joked that after Andrei Svechnikov signed his eight-year contract extension that that was it. There couldn't possibly be any more news. And, And then about an hour later... The Philadelphia Flyers said, "Hmm, I see what you've done. We're going to do the literal exact same thing with Sean Couturier. This all is your top story for legacy heating and cooling. Get your AC today with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Yes. The former second overall pick from 2018, Andrei Svechnikov signing an eight year, 62 million dollar contract extension. It keeps him in Carolina. That's a 7.75 million dollar AAV. And frankly, for the guy that leads that draft class now through 205 career games played, up at 140 points, uh, they had to get this player locked up. Bit of a down year last year, given the high bar that he set previously. But you know that this was a fixture of of the Hurricanes moving forward. Now they've locked it up.
2: Locked it up. A guy that's still on the upswing. Like they haven't seen his best years yet, and they've they've got him tied up and hit good numbers in the playoffs too. Like this guy is showing up for, for big games for these for these guys. So yeah, I'm I'm not surprised that from a team point of view, you'd be very excited to get this done. Uh, from the player's side, I'm guessing he loves Carolina. To, to lock in for eight years, eat up some uh, UFA years. He, he clearly loves being there. So a good fit and good work on the Hurricanes to get one of your uh, your young stars, you know, put to the, get that contract put to bed and know that you're... That you've got him for eight years—that's
1: that's outstanding for the team. And, and like you're saying, by the time this contract is done, he'll only be 29 years old. Yeah. So this is—you look at a, a situation like this where he can lock in a pretty reasonable dollar value for himself, and yet still have an opportunity to get paid again sort of like zach hyman did entering his 29 year old season uh but obviously a different calibers of draft you know capital used on those two players so there you go now the other deal uh Svechnikov, i should note he's 21 okay so couturier at 28 getting the exact same deal there's probably a lot more risk taken on by the flyers in committing that kind of term to a player who will be 36 by the time his contract is over and he's one of the ones that goes into the corners couturier is one of the ones blocking the shots that's why he won the selkie trophy in 2019-20 so is his style of game going to lend himself to that kind of longevity or that kind of production over the length of that contract Probably less of a guarantee than Svechnikov. But at the end of the day, you also have to keep your guys in your colors, as we've seen over the course of this Oilers summer. kateria has never played anywhere else. He was drafted to Philly, and so they lock up their guy as well.
2: There's probably going to be the last two years of that deal where you're like, oh, boy, you know, it might be a little tough. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You want to keep your guys. And and that, that's – usually don't see a guy like uh, Svechnikov – at that age, uh, with the production he's had so far, that locks in for eight years at this at this juncture of his of his uh, career. This one uh, that Sean Couturier did today, that's a little bit more yeah. what you expect um, for sure. So I, I'm guessing the last two years of that contract won't look quite as good as the last two years of the Svechnikov contract. But still, hey. They got it done, uh, and I would think Couturier is extremely happy uh, to know that he's staying in Philadelphia.
1: You want to keep in touch with us? You can do so on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Live entertainment back at the River Cree with Honeymoon Suite and the Headpins. They're on stage September 3rd. April Wine rocks the house September 18th. And Hotel California, the Eagles Tribute Band, they play Friday, October 29th. Details at rivercreeresort.com. Of course, the conversation continuing throughout the course of the show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line is as well, That number again, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more. And you heard today's top story. Also in the south of the province, the showdown between Canada and the United States at the women's world hockey championship it's always a barn burner it's always a good one you talk to we've heard on this show even in the last few weeks from sarah nurse emmerin smashmeyer and and the way that they talk about the rivalry and the way it always seems to unfold on TV or in person if you're lucky enough to get there won't happen this time. No fans at this particular event quite yet, anyway. But I mean this this always delivers and it's an important one in, in group play action as I understand it as well. So
2: it, yeah, I'll set up for how the teams are ranked for the quarterfinals. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So and any time they play, even if it's an exhibition game, I mean, they're playing hard. And I know the the Americans have done very well here in the most recent past but it should be a great matchup later on
1: four o'clock puck drop tonight you will uh you will have an answer sometime before inside sports takes place as to uh, how that game unfolded typical thursday we'd have uh, kevin weeks on the show for our friends at canadian power pack alberta's leader in solar electrical construction and service electrical Prefabrication and Solar Canadian Power Pack, but Kevin Weeks he is uh, enjoying a vacation, as is the main host of this show, Bob Stoffer. Brendan Escott here with you, along with Cam Moon. An early timeout on Oilers now because we're back with Andy Strickland on the other side. Twelve sixteen in Edmonton. Brendan Escott here. Cam Moon riding shotgun for the rest of the week. Bob Stoffer back on Monday. We're going to head now uh, to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. I guess I could tell you who's on today's show. I missed that part of it. Uh, Moments away from hearing from Andy Strickland. He uh, works for Bally Sports Midwest, covers the St. Louis Blues, but the NHL as a whole as well. Uh, So we'll get some thoughts on Vlad Tarasenko, uh, what they did this offseason down in St. Louis, and also uh, some comments that were made on Strickland's podcast with Cam Jansen. Then Dennis Bernstein will join us from the fourth period, Sirius XM, uh, NHL Network radio uh, Bernstein will talk about the California teams and uh, you know whether they may be in on somebody like Jack Eichel they've got plenty of assets in both Los Angeles and Anaheim to get that done it's just a matter of whether they want to assume that risk and then some open talk time after the 1 news as well but without further ado let's connect with our man in St. Louis again from Bally Sports Midwest we welcome to the show Andy Strickland Andy you're on with Brendan and Cam how's it going today
0: Brendan and Cam. It couldn't be better, man. Everything's good around here. How about you guys? Excellent. We're doing okay. We got
1: some beautiful weather here in northern Alberta, which we don't get to say for a greater part of the year. So we'll, uh, we'll take that for what it's worth. And, and hey, maybe we'll drop the puck here with you because more rumblings coming out yesterday that Vladimir Tarasenko still being shopped ch- around by St. Louis, but obviously, you know, with the shoulder issues and the $7.5 million contract hanging around his neck like an albatross, i wonder how many suitors are left and so let's get your thoughts andy as to whether he will begin this season in st louis and uh you know where he might end up elsewhere
0: well it's tough to really say right i mean because you just mentioned it he's got the big time cap hit even more so than that he's owed nine and a half million dollars this coming season so somebody's got to be able to pay that um you know you look at his back to back to back shoulder surgeries he's got the injury concern, which, um, you know, has a number of teams obviously, um, you know, looking at that as a, as a pretty sizable risk. And his production hasn't been there over the course of the last, you know, several games that he's played. So is he still the player that he once was and true, you know, in terms of being one of the most dangerous offensive goal scorers um, in the NHL? So, listen, you factor all of that together, Uh, it's not an easy player to move. But, you know, no surprise that Doug Armstrong continues to, you know, shop him in an effort to move his his cap head. They want to get rid of his cap head. I mean, if you look at the Blues roster right now and you just look at the right wings, you have David Perron, you now have Bucinevich who – comes over you have jordan Cairo who is a guy who's going to get more ice time than what he had last year you you just wonder what the fit is for tarasenko obviously if tarasenko is healthy he's capable of being that 35 40 goal scoring guy then you slide him right up there you know as your first line right winger but no one really knows if he's capable of being that player again and the blues aren't looking to just give him away if they move him uh they'd like something in return
2: it's going to be tough to move uh do you think him coming back, is that going to change? You know, haven't been on the market and say it doesn't come to fruition and he does return to the team. Uh, how does that change the, the dynamic within the room or within the player? Do you think it'll have a negative effect on him?
0: Uh, I think you would be crazy to assume that it couldn't. i um, not going to sit here and say that it will. I mean, hockey's hockey. And if he goes out there and performs... Um, you know his teammates aren't going to have an issue. I mean, these guys are professionals, especially in a room like St. Louis. They've got a number of veteran guys in there. I don't think uh, most of them get too caught up in the drama. I think the bigger question mark is, you know, he's come out and he's pointed the finger at the medical staff. I don't think they're very happy about that. So, how's the relationship going to be between he and the trainers and obviously the the entire medical staff? I think that's the bigger concern. Uh, And Tarasenko, for the most part, man, he's brought this on himself. I mean, he's got to find a way to repair whatever relationship is there in the event that he does come back to St. Louis. I mean, that's going to be on him. I don't think it's for the rest of the organization to really, you know, be overly concerned with because, again, this is Tarasenko's problem. This is not the Blues' problem. But it certainly could be a distraction if he's back. I mean, let's be honest – when you consider all the trade rumors, the fact that he's requested a trade, he doesn't want to be here. The team would love to move on from him. Um, I'm not going to say that there's serious hatred there between he and his teammates or he and ownership and management. But, you know, listen, for every player, man, just like a coach nowadays, we see them get to a point in their career where there is an expiration date and maybe it's best for the two sides to move on from one another and obviously still you know, respect and remember the great things that – Uh, And the memories both sides shared with each other, including winning a Stanley Cup. And Tereschenko was the face of this franchise for a long time. But if he is here when camp opens and when the season begins, I mean, these are questions that are going to continue to come up.
1: Chatting with Andy Strickland from Bali Sports Midwest on the St. Louis Blues front. Now, Doug Armstrong, you mentioned, made a a couple of acquisitions, Pavel Bushnevich, one of them, re-signing Jordan Cairo, which I'm sure was a priority for that organization, the second-round pick. He'll likely, uh, you know, be thrust into a bigger role this year, as you mentioned as well. So the complexion of this team having changed a little bit, losing Vince Dunn to Seattle in the expansion draft, and ultimately Jaden Schwartz to the Kraken through free agency. How is this team different up front now and and maybe their identity being different or what, what do you make of this new rendition of St. Louis?
0: Well, I think they're a little quicker. Um, you know, the addition of Brandon Saad, um, you know, obviously, you know, you, you mentioned some of the other guys who were here already and who moved on. I mean, Jaden Schwartz is a play quick. He's not an overly explosive player, but he's fast and quick in small areas so with his quick change of direction and his ability you know, to play quick in in small, you know, tight spaces, like I said. So I think they're a quicker team. I actually think they're a little bit deeper. I think this forward group is actually better than it was when the season ended um, last year with the addition of a couple of guys that I just mentioned. So um, I don't think the style of play is going to change too much. I mean, you look at, you know, both guys are capable of playing the way the Blues want to play, which is the cycle game below the goal line, below the dots, puck possession, create the majority of your of your offensive chances off of the forecheck and, and off of the, the cycle game down low. So both those guys can play that style. I like Sock thrives in it. That's his natural way of playing as an NHL player. Um, so I wouldn't expect the Blues, from a style standpoint, or from a schematic standpoint, to change very much at all.
2: Colton Pareko's uh, local product, uh, UFA, at the end of next season. Where do you see uh, his future a year from now? Do you see him signing a uh, an extension with the club, or is this something that uh, will play out over the course of the year?
0: No, they're going to want him to, uh, to be here long term. I think he's going to want to be here too. I mean, Pareco's a special player. He wasn't healthy last season. Um, you know, I think you know when he's healthy and and when he's confident. Um, you know, he's a top five one-on-one defender in the NHL. I truly believe he's that good. Now, uh, does he miss not having a veteran guy on the other side? You know, like he had for all those years with Jay Beamer. I mean, those guys obviously you know had a lot of success with one another, and that's why Doug Armstrong had some interest in bringing a guy on board like a Ryan Suter, for example. But. And they weren't willing to meet the, uh, the term commands. He ended up signing a four-year contract with Dallas. Um, but Pareko was a guy, listen, he had an offseason cleanup there on the knee. His back wasn't very good uh, much of last season. He missed a chunk of the season because of that back injury. And he came back. I thought he got better and better as the season went on and into the playoffs even though he was much less than 100%. So if they can get this guy back to 100%, and by all accounts he will be, uh, I think we'll start to see Pareko play or at least get back to the level that we saw from a few seasons ago. And if he gets back there, there's no question the Blues are going to want to hang on to him. They, they still believe that he has you know, top pair ability, not just now, but for many years down the road into the future. He's that good.
1: Let me ask you about – a potential veteran fit here you mentioned Suter I know the Blues were in on that as you mentioned but what about Sedano Chara do you see that that could be a possibility I know that's been floated
0: yeah, no, I don't. I actually reported maybe a week ago or so that if Chara does return to play, and again, that's if he decides to come back and play in the NHL, he wants to stay in the Eastern Conference. His family lives in Boston during the course of the season. It uh, doesn't mean he needs to return to Boston, but I think he wants to be as close as he possibly can be to family, uh, which would basically cancel a team like St. Louis or any team in the Western Conference out. So, again, we'll see what happens with Chara. Um you know, if he comes back and plays, he wants to stay in the East.
1: Let me ask you about your podcast with Cam Jansen uh, and the, the episode in particular with Jeff Gorton on that you just uh, just had out this week. Is there anything that he said maybe about his departure from the Rangers organization that sort of
0: struck you? Oh, a couple of things. I mean, first off, Jeff was great. I hope he gets another opportunity. I think he will eventually. But, I mean, he was very honest If people want to check out the interview, but, I mean, listen, everyone, I think, was taken aback when that press release was was put out, you know, after the, you know, Tom Wilson, Panarin Fallout, and where, basically, the Rangers called out George Peros. I mean, they were like, hey, this guy's unfit to be, like, working in, in player safety. It was like, oh, my God. And right away, you're like, has has J.D. lost his mind? You know, what has happened? And then, you know, you talk to some people, and you're like, okay, J.D. had nothing to do with this. This wasn't from him, and there's no question that it came from ownership. And Jeff Gordon says on the podcast that the first time that he saw the press release was probably the first time that we saw it, when it was released on social media. And I think he and J.D. wanted to distance themselves as much as possible. But he got into a couple of things, obviously, you know, about the team not being tough enough, uh, the relationship with Tony D'Angelo, what he told other teams who had interest, who called about D'Angelo and his opinion of him as a person and as a player. So we got into a number of things. And also, I mean, people may not even remember when he was interim GM of the uh, of the Boston Bruins several years ago before Peter Shirelli was, was named as general manager. And, um I mean, this guy had an incredible run in one year. I mean, he ran the draft one year as GM of the Bruins, and they drafted Kessel Lucic Marchand, Marchand one, two, three, in that draft. He signed Chachara in free agency. He signed Mark Savard in free agency. They signed, or traded for Tuukka Raz. I mean, this guy had a hell of a run. For, maybe, like the most accomplished interim general manager the league's ever seen this guy was that good as an interim gm and then he didn't get the job and obviously he ended up you know shifting over to the new york rangers man but a fun conversation with jeff gorton he's a cool guy and we had fun talking to him
2: i can't imagine the look on his face and john davidson's face when they saw a press release on new york ranger letterhead that they didn't put out that had to be unbelievable
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I asked him if uh, James Dolan, I asked the owner, I because he says J.D. still calls him every day. And he's got a great relationship with John Tortorella. There's some good things about Torts as well. They, they had talked on the phone the day that we did the interview. And I asked him if James Dolan calls him. He said, no, he hadn't talked to him since he got fired. So <laughs> still don't even know the whole reason why. I don't think, you know, it's always amazing to me when some of these guys get let go. Even though, you know, at the end of the day, you probably know why you got let go. But in this case... I mean, he was never really given a definitive reason from uh, ownership. But, you know, talking to some people, and listen, I know J.D. pretty well uh, from his days here in St. Louis, and knowing his personality and kind of getting a, a sense of what these guys were dealing with there in New York, I think there was a sense of relief, to be honest with you, to get out of that situation. And obviously J.D. picked up where he left off and got back to Columbus very quickly, so you know he's happy and he's in a good spot. For he and his family, so, and I think they're happy they were able to move on. I, I think Jeff Gordon's is hoping he gets another crack to be a general manager because he really, really wants another opportunity, and I hope he gets one too. Just quickly here, Andy,
1: what uh, what do you search if if people want to go listen to that interview?
0: Um, listen anywhere you get your podcast. Um, uh, you know the podcast app on your uh, iPhone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, wherever you get it. Check it out. And we've got a number of other interviews as well, man. We're like 150 deep into these things. In fact, I'm heading to do one right now. Clayton Keller's meeting us over uh, at the office here. And, of course, he's in town from um, uh, the Arizona Coyotes. We had an event last night. It was a lot of fun. Matthew Kachuk was there. Luke Cunningham was there from the Predators. Uh, You had Trent Frederick from the Bruins there. You had Keller who was there. You had a number of people from the Blues. You had Logan Brown, who's a former first-round pick of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Big Walt Keith Kachuk was there, a number of former Blues. I mean, it was a lot of fun, had a great event. So Keller's in town, so he's going to sit down with us. But recently we had Robin Leonard who gave us a super entertaining interview. We've had Ryan Getzlap. We've got a bunch mm-hmm. of guys that we dropped just recently. So if you haven't checked it out, check out the Cam and Strick podcast. We have an amazing, amazing fun time doing these interviews.
1: Alright on. Andy Strickland from Cam and Strick as well as Valley Sports Midwest. Thanks for your time today, Andy.
0: Okay, anytime, boys. Have a great day. Enjoy that weather because it's not
1: going to last long in Edmonton. Yeah, we know, we know. Thank you, Andy. Oh, we're late for the news. Let's send it off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson back on the other side. We'll rewind it with Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.